Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Uh, today we're talking about CDF Capital, our premier brand sponsor. Your church matters and so do you. The church is the integral part of God's story for redemption and transformed lives. It is a necessary part of God's redemptive plan for humanity and his plan A for the entire world. And with God, there is no plan B. Since 1953, CDF Capital has helped church leaders like you and individuals like you bring light to the world through the thoughtful stewardship of their capital. CDF Capital is so much more than just a lender. They are a ministry and their ministry is simple, to lend money to churches. However, unlike traditional financial institutions, they do so much more. As a ministry, they win when your objectives line up with their objectives and the kingdom grows. But that's not just through the lending transaction. CDF Capital builds relationships with like-minded church leaders to maximize the capital for their churches. Together, when we all partner with the Lord to bring spiritual leadership and financial capital to the church, the results are transformational. Join this transformation and contact CDF Capital to learn more about their loan and investment programs today at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. That's cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will inspire and equip you. And I know that today is one of those days. You're going to love today's conversation because so many of the churches I talk to have the kinds of problems that we're going to talk about today, are wrestling with the kinds of issues that we're going to talk about today. So you're going to want to lean in. We've got my friend Aaron Stansky with us. He is the founder and CEO of RisePoint with 15 years of church design and leadership and project management experience. He's really an incredible guy that you're going to want to get to know. Uh, their church architects and designers have experience working with churches and schools and nonprofits, all kinds of people all across the country to solve real world problems. They want to help uh, you fix some of your physical problems in your building uh, and help move forward from there. So Aaron, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of the Aaron story? Give us a bit of the yeah. backstory and then uh, connect that to Rise Point. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I grew up in ministry. My dad was a pastor uh, mm-hmm. growing up. We actually planted a church in Boston when I was a kid. So nice. got to move out to the East Coast, got to kind of experience all of that. Um, of course, that was back pre-social media and all of that stuff. So one of my jobs mm-hmm. was to run up to the houses and like stuff the little flyer in the in the door handle to get the word out that we were planning <laughs> churches. It. So That's I remember amazing. doing that on Saturdays and stuff like that. So grew up in and around ministry, mm-hmm. um, uh, ended up uh, going to school for engineering and uh, studying engineering, uh, got super involved with Campus Crusade for Christ and mm. um so did that and then graduated, uh, started working for Harley Davidson Motorcycles as a manufacturing engineer. So that was fun doing big Hogs. projects, capital <laughs> expansion. Yeah, all yes. of that stuff. Um, 
but just still wanted to be in ministry, wanted to do something right. with more kingdom impact. So left Harley Davidson and I actually joined staff with, uh, with crew, um, did that mm -hmm. for a few years, was here in Chicago, um, mm -hmm. helping, uh, plant movements on college campuses that didn't have anything. And so Mm. ended up uh, meeting my wife. And so she mm -hmm. went back to school to be a nurse and I joined staff at my church. So I was it. on staff at Park Community Church for a while. And we went through a big building project. We were a big multi-site church here in Chicago. And since I had project experience and I spoke engineering, I <laughs> had to help uh, <laughs> hire architects guy. and hire engineers and AV companies. And so went through that whole process and uh, found myself constantly translating, right, between architectish right. and engineering language back to my pastors and my friends who were mm -hmm. on staff. And uh, I was like, man, if I could if I could do this for the rest of my life, if I could go and help other churches go through a process to really kind of identify, like, how do we align their facility with their mission and their vision? Like, how do we decide mm -hmm. what we should and shouldn't build and how much money should we spend? So for the last 15 years, that's what I've done. It's got to crisscross the country and hang out with a bunch of Love cool it. churches and learn a ton along the way. So it's been fun. Yeah. So good. I, I'm super excited for today's conversation. We're going to take advantage of the fact that you are in the trenches. You are seeing a lot of these projects. I was talking about you to a friend recently. I said, you know, I'm excited to have Aaron on because, you know, you're working on projects and you're a part of conversations that are, mm -hmm. you know, by definition are 18 months, two years down the road. So it's like, we're getting a look up over the horizon of what's happening in the church. But let's be just totally honest, man. So many churches I talk to are just frustrated with their buildings. It's just like, man, it feels like the building is holding us back. What are some of the common things you hear, you hear when maybe somebody gives you a call and yeah. says like, hey, here's some problems we, we got to fix. What would be some of those things you hear all the time? Yeah. I mean, you know, intuitive leaders, I mean, they sort of understand, right? Like, okay, we need more seats or right. our parking lot is crumbling or our mm -hmm. kids ministry is just drab and needs to be refreshed mm -hmm. and stuff. Right. And so, mm -hmm. uh, most intuitive leaders, like they understand like what some of those things are. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they just, ha they just struggle with, okay, what type of capital investment can or should be, should be used to address those things, mm -hmm. right? Like how do we prioritize mm -hmm. those projects? And then once we get into it, right, it's raising money, it's building code, it's construction costs, and all of these things can be really overwhelming and can basically yes. cause like decision fatigue and how do we prioritize these things. And so, you know, most of the most of the leaders that we work with, they sort of understand what some of the issues are that they need to address. It's right. just like, how do we, uh, you know, how do we put this in a project format and how do we attack it in right. a way, you know, that's not going to limit you know, our ministry, but actually going to allow us to do more as, you know, moving forward. Yeah. I, so this is, wow, there's so much there I'd love to unpack. This tension of like ministry versus kind of the practicality of like you say, building codes, budgets, inspections, man, that is a, that's like, seems like almost like a death cycle. Like, it's like, gosh, we can get <laughs> caught in this and it's like, it's gonna, and then we just say, forget it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna right. do this. Is right. there common um, constraints that you're running up? Is it like kids ministry spaces are you're seeing are the kind of holdback? Is it parking? Is it, uh, you know, main auditorium? Is it, you know, or is it all those together? It's like, we just need a bigger box in general. Are, are there common kind of constraints that you're running into that you see, you know, that kind of get the conversation rolling? Uh, I mean, the, the most common are, yes, seating capacity. We're out of seats. Um, mm -hmm. 
uh, if we're not out of seats, but kids ministry is just like busting at the seams and right. we can't fit any more kids. Well, you're not going to fill those seats if we don't have enough room for their kids right. or their grandkids or whatever to come to church with us. Uh, yep. parking, uh, parking is always an issue, like just to, mm -hmm. to kind of be aware of what's happening in our parking lot. How full mm -hmm. are we? Are people able to get in and out and stuff? And so mm -hmm. we sort of hold those three and say, okay, are, is one of them out of whack? Are they all in mm -hmm. line? And once mm -hmm. they're in line, we can say, okay, now we, but we do have to scale them up together if we want to, mm -hmm. to continue to grow. Right. But outside of that, we start to look at the rest of the building and say, okay, but how often are we using you know, all of our classrooms, how often is the lobby being leveraged for our community during the week? Um, so there can be some other restraints, uh, you know, like uh, if if the bathrooms are terrible and smelly, then like new new people, right. like that's going to be a turnoff to new people, right? Even if there's room for them to sit in the auditorium. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I, let me be honest. You and I are friends. I'm going to ask uh, a question here. Friends, you're like, I can't believe he said that. He's, does he know what Aaron <laughs> does? But I'm like, I, I feel like folks, in your general industry, of course, not Rise Point, but in the general industry, it's like, of course. I, you know, you come to the table with all kinds of very pretty drawings, but that's like disconnected from what my church actually needs. It's like, it's like that might be like great on paper. In fact, I was in, a, I'll give you an example. <laughs> Recently, I was in the last year, I was in a church and I was giving some feedback on the building and I said, you know, uh, I was basically saying to this church leader, you need more signs in here. Like you can't, you can't, couldn't tell where the kids ministry was. And I said, you know, I bet you your architect said <laughs> that the, if we put this, this carpet on the floor and we kind of, because it's all got these like arrows and stuff in it, it, that that will direct people to where it's going. And the church leader starts laughing and he said, that's exactly what our architect said. Now I know it was not a project that you did. Uh, <laughs> it's, it seems like these kinds of firms, they are more, or they can be more interested in, I don't want to, again, this is not everyone, but can be more interested in their awards rather than our needs. How Correct. do you guys battle that? How do you, how do you, how do you battle that pressure? Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is we are architects, right? Like we are architects mm -hmm. and designers and interior designers. We're licensed in like 30 states. We're providing a professional service, right? Like there's, yeah. uh, so there's all this tension to be an architect, right? right. And, and that's, <laughs> that's sometimes the problem because when you hire an architect, I mean, it's like buying a hammer, right? A hammer is just like going around looking for a nail that it can hammer down in. Right. An architect <laughs> good, is looking good, for yes. something that they can build or something that they yes. can design. And right. with all of the cool tools that we have now, um, mm -hmm. we don't actually even have to go get it built in order to feel like mm -hmm. we designed something really cool, right? Like it's a 3D rendering and we <laughs> love it and stuff. <laughs> so and so you can lose track, right, of what the actual goal is. Um, so, you know, we have an awesome leadership team here at Rise Point. One of the guys mm -hmm. uh, was on staff at his church uh, for mm -hmm. 10 years. He's now an elder. Mm -hmm at his mm -hmm. church. Um, all of us are actively serving in our, mm -hmm. in churches. And so mm -hmm. I think that helps keep our perspective there. Right. The other thing is, um, you know, we have to, we have to view our facility. And so we, as designers mm -hmm. have to do this as well. And church leaders, like we have to view it through the lens of the invitation to a lost person. So, oh, so imagine good. a member of your church, right? Um, extending mm -hmm. the invite to a neighbor or a coworker. And if the next thing they have to say is it looks really traditional on the outside, but don't worry, uh, you know, you can still wear your jeans or uh, mm. the kids area is a little smelly, but we really love kids or 
Uh, you might have a hard time finding it, but there's a weird pattern of carpet on the floor that doesn't make any sense, right? Like all of yes. these things are, are hindrances. And so, um, you know, we have to keep in mind, like buildings themselves don't do ministry, right? Mm. And we have to mm. remind ourselves that as architects at Rise Point, right? Like buildings don't do ministry, people do. So how are we creating mm. environments where it's easy and effective to make that ask and to invite that mm -hmm. lost person, right? We, um, we also need to ask like, what environments are we missing, right? Like mm -hmm. what invitations would be made um, if we had the space to do that? And so I think if we can look at that through that lens, all of a sudden, like the fancy stuff or the trendy stuff, like we can filter all of that away right. and very clearly say, okay, these are the things we need to go get done. Um, and you know, like, will it work in the context of our church and our community and, and, and go from there? Love it. Yeah. I love that. And you know, we talk about this all the time at Unseminary that the difference between stuck and stagnant churches and growing churches is growing churches train, equip and mobilize their people to invite their friends. And I love your perspective of saying, Hey, when they make that invite, does the building actually connect with that? Do they, do we look at it from a first time guest or a new here guest perspective? How do you help churches understand that about their facility? Cause I, that to me is a profound question. I don't know yeah. that churches are necessarily always asking that question. Yeah. I mean, so for the vast majority of the churches that we work with, uh, we mm -hmm. start uh, with something that we call the needs analysis. Okay. And yep. the needs analysis is where we get on site. Um, we spend an entire day with the ministry team. We walk through a series of really fun exercises to understand mm -hmm. the unique place God put the church and the community that they're in and their mission and vision. And what are some of the drivers that we see, you know, driving our ministry success uh, we take tons of pictures of the building. We get all the blueprints and turn them into, you know, 3D Revit files. We do all that work. Mm -hmm. And then we sort of come back and we say, okay, we're going to answer these four questions, right? Um, mm -hmm. What's the long-term plan for ministry on this campus? Uh, mm -hmm. Is there room for growth or are we looking at relocation mm -hmm. or are we, you know, planting churches or going multi-site? What's the long-term plan on campus? What's the mm -hmm. right next step? Um, mm -hmm. You know, do, are, do we do have to add kids square footage or, mm -hmm. you know, do we need to address some issue on our campus? Like what's that right next step? The third mm -hmm. thing that we always, uh, you know, try to answer is like, what's the low hanging fruit, right? What are some mm -hmm. other churches doing or what are some things that we could just go execute right now, uh, to solve some ministry problems? Love um, it. and then the fourth thing is budget, man, everything drives back to budget. <laughs> so if we can put some budget numbers around some yes. projects, well, now I have something that like, as a leadership team, we can pray through and understand, uh, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, oh man, I didn't, I didn't realize it was so inexpensive to do that. Let's go get that done now. Or it's like, yes. holy smokes, that's way too expensive. Let's go plant three churches or dig wells in Africa or any a number of other things that we could do with that money, right? And so most churches start with that needs analysis. If we can understand the context, answer those four questions, you know, mm -hmm. draw out, you know, some simple plans, uh, and be effective about it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that helps, you know, push our perspective towards that, that invitation. Yeah. I love that. Listen, that seems like the kind of thing that, man, if I'm a church leader listening in today, man, we should take action on that. We should reach out to you guys, find out about the needs analysis, get plugged in like that. You know, when I do coaching, um, on churches, we'll do these things where I go on a weekend and be there. And we talk a little bit about the building stuff just from my, even that kind of thing, but sure. man, having someone like yourself be able to, or your team be able to, to 
from a thoughtful perspective, actually, you know, it gives some feedback. What an incredible gift, uh, you know, that could be. How far out, if people are thinking about a needs analysis with RisePoint, how far out should they be thinking about that? Like, can you do that like in the next 60, 90 days typically, or is this the kind of thing like I got a book six months from now? How, what's that look like? No, I mean, it's typically, you know, in that 90 to 120 days, you know, sort of right. a window. Uh, so I think, you know, the other thing that you have to overlay that with is if you're if you're thinking about doing a capital campaign next year or if you're thinking about trying to address some of these things, getting that done on the front end, you know, so that yes. we can figure out what those right, you know, next steps are is <laughs> is critical. Right. So it's just it's timing. Yes. And well, and I love what you said there. I'm going to push you on that, man. There are, yeah. too, I've got way too many calls from church leaders where they're like, yeah, so we want to start a thing like now. <laughs> and I'm like, right. You, you know, the, even if you're thinking about, hmm, we might end up there or if your building is starting to get full or one of the tripwires I'll say to, I say to church leaders all the time, when you go to that third service on a Sunday morning, people think the third service will give them all kinds of extra space. It typically doesn't. It's an acknowledgement of there's another decision coming. If your church has three services and you haven't had a needs analysis, you should call Rise Point, get booked in. Uh, yeah, because for sure. you, you have to look at space. You say like, you've got a space issue that if you don't fix, you're going to cap uh, the kind of redemptive uh, potential of your uh, church. And I mean, even if you, I mean, even if the church called us up and wrote us a check for like $5 million today, like it would still be, over yes. two years from today before they're actually in that building and sitting in those seats and stuff. Right. And so that time horizon is out there. And so understanding, yes. okay, how are we going to leverage our largest capital asset, right? Our building, yes. how are we going to leverage yes. that for kingdom impact? I think yes. having a strategic plan around that is, is critical. Yeah. Love it. So friends listening in, if you are, you know, like if you've launched a third service, if you've launched a second service and you're like, you you know, you've got questions around this, uh, I'd reach out to Rise Point. Aaron and his team are trustworthy. I trust them. They're friends. You should, you should definitely do that. Well, can I take advantage of the fact that you see a lot of different churches? What are sure. some of the things that you're kind of learning in this space? Uh, you know, kind of lessons that are learning or questions that you seem to keep bumping up up against constantly like what are we seeing post covid even in the last couple of years it seems like every question you know is kind of couched <laughs> in that what's what's new in these last couple of years yeah. on the facility side well one of the things uh you know that uh back in the day we used to just say okay when you're when you're 80% full like you're yep. full right because yes. people are walking in and they're they're saying there's no space for me here and mm. if you if you trained your ushers and really got after it and they're really aggressively seating people on a Sunday morning, you could potentially get up to 90 percent full right in your right uh, in your in your sanctuary. What's happening post covid is, uh, you know, regardless of where you land on the political spectrum, when you go to church, like what used to be comfortable, what used to be like, well, I'm going to leave a seat in between me and the dude next to me because I don't want to mm. sit right up next to him. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just a little bit more sensitive to my personal space, but also I'm yes. kind of sensitive to his. Like, right. does he does he find that offensive? Like, I don't know what his background is and all of that sort of thing. And so instead of leaving one chair, I'm going to leave three. Right. Right. Or That's a huge instead difference. Of, it's a huge difference. And so what happens, even even if the ushers come down and say, hey, can you scoot in and make some room? Well, then I'll go from like three to two. Yes. So I think the question the question so we've true. been wrestling with, right, is like, OK, if 80 percent was the perceived full before, 
what is right. it today? And I think right. it changes like based in different areas of the country um, and, you know, based on the type of church you are and all that other kind of stuff. But what we do know is that it's no longer 80 percent. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's somewhere in the 70 percent or even less than that where people right. walk in and just feel like, oh, man, there's not a place for me here. Uh, and as soon as that happens, we're, we're losing out on opportunities to preach the gospel. We're losing out on opportunities to disciple people. Um, so we just need to be aware of that. Okay. This is great. I love this because this connects with some of the church growth stuff that we're, I'm constantly working with churches on. So I, what I hear you saying to reflect that back is, Hey, it used to be 80%. We used to say that all the time. Not sure what the number is, but it is lower. It's, and I would echo Correct. that. That's for sure. The other interesting piece of this puzzle is if, if it's if as a from a church growth point of view, if it's perceived that there is no space for me to invite a friend to, so if the right. parking lot is crazy full, there's no space in the kids ministry area. There are you know feels like there's no spaces here. I won't invite my friend because I'm afraid that they're going to have a negative experience when they come. Right. And so you've got to, and this has always been true. We all we have to build space, empty spaces for then our church to, and then invite people, uh, to ultimately fill. So, wow, that's, uh, what a great, uh, insight I can, you know, I can totally see that anything else, uh, we've been learning or anyway, maybe you've changed as rise yeah. point has been working with, uh, you know, churches that looks a little different these days. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that we've been, you know, trying to study and understand, right. Is, is how our church is using their building. And what right. does that look like moving forward? Because it's changed over time, right? And so mm. um, I'd say for the past five years or so, we've been collecting data from you know churches that we work with, and mm. uh, we've begun to benchmark uh, some simple things that are helpful when we evaluate the effectiveness of our space. So mm. I've got lots of senior pastors that ask, do you think we can fit more seats in here? Right? That sort of thing. And so... Um, I'll, I'll start by stating the obvious, right? Which is every church, um, you know, does ministry in a unique geographic location. They do ministry yes. a little different. The people they're reaching have unique needs. Uh, so all of that should factor in. However, we started to study and understand like how many seats does a lean church have per square foot of building, right? Mm. How much storage and support do they have so that they can constantly and easily turn multi-purpose rooms? So they can mm. say yes to community requests and they can use those rooms sometimes three times a day, right? So mm. how many rooms can they do that with? How much space do they have for kids ministry and how are they discipling people and what percentage of their building gets used what percentage of the time? How are they mm. leveraging technology in their environments, right? And so we start to see some pretty consistent best practice emerge. Um, mm -hmm. And in the midst of, you know, churches using their spaces in some like, like um, unimaginable, like really creative ways, we still start, we still start seeing this very consistent uh, data start to come hmm. up. So um, hmm. this week, actually, we're launching on our website, this thing we're calling the lean church indicator. Uh, it's Love a really it. fun tool. Uh, basically, you go in and you plug in some rough numbers for your church. And it yep. just benchmarks your facility against what we're calling the lean model, right? So it's going to help you better understand like what areas uh, may need improvement. And huh. there's also a team portion where Love you can it. survey your entire staff team, your entire leadership team. They all get to kind of weigh in and you can see what areas of uh, space are driving your mission and vision forward and what areas might need attention. So that'll be a fun one. 
Uh, I, this is see. This is what I love about you, Aaron. You have like real helpful solutions for church leaders. Uh, I've joked in other contexts. I'm not an expert. I just play one on the internet. Uh, and <laughs> you are an actual expert. You actually know what you're talking about. Like one of the things I've said, uh, and it's and it's purely just a like from walking through a lot of church buildings. Is this the kind of thing where I've been like? It feels like most churches don't have enough crush space or enough lobby space. They, right. they, you know, they, they build, they exactly what you said. They're like, let's maximize the total number of seats and they don't have enough flow space. And so then you, from my perspective on a church growth side, man, if we have the more lobby space we have, or if we can maximize that, that, that number, figure out what that is, figure out what the percentage is and ratio is, we can right. turn the building faster. I love that you've developed a tool to try to help churches go from those kind of vague hunches to like, oh, no, here's some stuff you could actually do. Is that the kind of thing? Like, what kind of information am I going to need to enter to to be able to understand how lean my building is? Yeah, we tried to keep it really simple. I mean, I have this very complicated Excel file, Rich, because I'm an engineer and uh, (laughs) I just love love playing with Excel and writing macros and formulas and all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but we really tried to boil it down. And so, I mean, it, it should be things that you can, you know, pretty easily like just rattle off or things that you can go find out quickly. So it's kind of like how many acres do you have on your site? Uh, like mm. how many seats are in your main auditorium? I think some of the harder right. questions are like total building square footage. I mean, you yep. don't have to get it to the exact uh, right, right thing right. Uh, just to understand. This is a 50, square foot building, you know. Right. That between that in and general. It's, it's actually, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Compared cool. to other churches in general, what areas might be deficient or not, you know? And so I think it's just a starting point really. Um, yes. uh, but yeah. I think, I think churches will have fun with it. I think us, you know, us pastor types will enjoy plugging it in and seeing how it, seeing how it works. Yeah, that is so good. I know just recently my wife was in a conversation. She's on staff at our church and she was there. We're looking at some building stuff and, uh, she was in a, we'll call it a heated discussion uh, okay. around storage space because yes. it was like friends in her area. She's like all on the, you know, assimilation, guest connection side. She's like, we, and we have a privilege. We have campuses. We don't have enough storage space now. Like we're always trying right. to, you know, shoehorn stuff in. And so I'm going to get her to go over there, do that. And then she can point to the guys leading the project on that. There you go. I try to stay out of that, but that's great. Love <laughs> it. So good. Yeah. I have a mini, oh. I have a mini sermon that I sometimes preach on storage uh, because Love it. uh, it's hard, right? Like every yes. church says like, we need more storage, but are you storing the right things in the right places? Mm, and the fascinating right. thing is if you can get the right storage next to the right space, uh, yes. you will be able to say yes to so many things, right? Because so you have the support and you can turn that room and you've got the things in it that you need. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, if you, if you're storing the five Christmas trees in that very critical closet, uh, yes, you're out of space and, you know, clutter ends up happening and <laughs> yes. all the stuff. Love it. Love it. Or the, the flip side of that. I remember we did this one renovation um, at one of our campuses and it was great. It was a killer. It was amazing. Like it was, it really turned out great. But this one, this one room literally cost us almost a million dollars just to do this one room. Like it was like a, yeah. it was an amazing space. And man, that number stuck in my brain so much because then we would put like really bad programs or like stuff was like not that effective. And I'm like, we've got a million dollar room here and we're doing like crappy ministry in there. What's happening? You know, crazy. Um, What? So can we talk about kind of revitalizing spaces. So one of the things sure. you've seen is for, for, talk about post post COVID statistics, a true stat from our friend Warren Bird, 40% of, of campuses that are being launched in, in churches right now are 
uh, some version of rebirth or mergers. So an existing church joining uh, a multi-site church, 40% of new campuses are, are those. I'm sure you're running into these kinds of projects. What, are, what of are, the, are there some general things we should be thinking about on that side? Or, you know, what are your kind of comments around that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I love it as a strategy, right? I mean, you know, we have, you know, a huge, um, you know, a huge backlog of church buildings that are going underutilized across, you right. know, across the nation. So, yep. you know, the idea of like having to build new uh, when there's mm -hmm. so much stock available, right? Yes, um, is is definitely like let's go, let's go grab that, let's go do that as a strategy. So, I I absolutely love it. Um, mm -hmm. You know. However, a lot of times when we jump into those situations, like we still have to like upfit them or, you know, get mm. them to a place where we feel like again, right? Like we can invite someone to that to that campus or invite someone into that mm -hmm. facility and not be ashamed of it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I think we still have to look at it from like a capital asset and investment standpoint, right? Mm. And so, mm -hmm. I think what happens a lot of times uh is like if uh, let's say if your church averages like, you know, that campus or, or something, it's got 500 seats and stuff in it. And, and we're going to revitalize that, you know, that place. And we hope to have mm -hmm. like a thousand people who are worshiping there and stuff like that. Well, we can probably mm -hmm. take those, those numbers out and say, okay, uh, it would, it would probably cost us in the neighborhood of like $10 million to mm. buy the land and build that thing up new and the parking lot and the kids ministry and all that other kind of stuff. And so I think what we have to do is say, okay, uh, so the question is like, what's the right amount of money then to invest mm. to make that $10 million asset that we're acquiring more 50% mm. more effective for mm. ministry or mm -hmm. double the kingdom impact that it's going to have. Right. And so I think when we look at it that way, we can say, okay, then what's the right amount to get that thing up to speed? And we can have that conversation. Right. Um, but uh, I'm, I mean, definitely seeing it as a trend. And I think it's yep. I think it's a fun way to to kind of breathe some life back into these churches that are right in the middle of communities. A lot of times they've, they've got lots of history and, and investment in them. Hmm. And and you obviously, if you you've done that kind of work with churches where you've helped them try to, you know, re revitalize or, you know, Yes. You know, what do you even call that? Like refresh an existing, you know, building. There's an interesting challenge there. Recently, I was in a church again, this is in the last couple months, and uh, I was in exactly that situation. It was a campus that had been given to them. And um, I said in a kind way, I said, um, the inside of this building d is not reflected on the outside. The inside right. was beautiful. Like they they did a really, really good job. But the outside just didn't have that same because it was an older building, and I and you know and I wasn't trying to, it wasn't a dig at them I wasn't trying to be I'm like this is a great but but I think that could be a problem is there a way to to refresh those a more oh, yeah. traditional building that was built in the 50s to so when you look at it you say oh, for hey, sure. that looks great this yeah what kind of things should we be thinking about on that front yeah I mean we've done things as simple as just like uh, like painting a portion of the building or highlighting <laughs> right. the entrance or like doing the really yes. nice sign. Um, it's, it's tough, right? Because we're not adding more ministry square footage. And so we are spending a certain amount of money just on the look and feel. But when we think right. about brand and we think about like the promises, right? A brand is a set of promises that you're making to yep. your members, to your visitors, to your community. And the more mm -hmm. consistently you deliver on those promises, the stronger your brand. And so yep. like churches understand this when it comes to like their website and their print material mm -hmm. and stuff. Like we want people to drive by and understand, oh yeah, that's the church that 
loves on the students at the at the elementary school. That's the church that goes out right. and does that on a serve day. And so how we express the brand on the exterior of the church is important. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I mean, there's some simple things that we've done. I mean, just like paints and replacing right. some brick with some aluminum panel and stuff like that. But it's a it's an important piece to understand for sure. Yeah. So good. This is, this has been fantastic. Now you've got a a resource that I want to make sure people pick up. Yeah. Uh, It's called 10 things to get right before you build. Tell us about this resource and where can we get it? Where do we want to send people to pick it up? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we get a lot of times, uh, you know, people will come over to the website or, you know, they'll be talking to us and they'll, they'll say, Hey, like, man, it feels like we have so many things on our end that we have to go fix before we are ready to hire an architect or something like that. Right. Mm. And so, uh, we just kind of try to grab some of the things that we've heard the most often stick it in a PDF. So you can just kind of go down through it. And like most mm-hmm. of the stuff isn't, isn't that hard, right? Like you can just wrap your mm-hmm. mind around it, understand kind of where you're at, but it's important to do it before you jump full fledged into some sort of a, of a building project. So yeah, I mean, you can just go right to risepoint.com. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's down there at the bottom of our homepage. That's with it's an e, the, rise point with an E. That's right. Rise point with an E.com. Cause we're cool <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. so rise point.com go down to the bottom. You can click on, you can click and grab that resource. It's a, it's a quick read, but it's, it's definitely a good one. So good. Well, we've got multiple takeaways for you today, friends. We want you to go over there. Same place on the Lean Church uh, Indicator. Go over to uh, risepointwithane.com. Uh, you can fill that out while you're there. Pick up that uh, that PDF. So, so good. As we're kind of coming down to land, anything else you'd like to say? I Thank you so much for coming on. What a what a gift this has been mm-hmm. to kind of get uh, to peel back the doors a little bit or peel back the plans and look at what's been yeah. going on in uh, in church church building these days. I, I thank you so much for this, but anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Yeah. I mean, I think I just say like, um, you know, a lot of times people don't want to call the architect, right? Because they're not building some huge project uh, or they mm. come over to our website and they see some of these like big buildings and stuff. And what they right. don't understand, right, is 85% of the work that we do is just is interior modification, it's expansion. Mm. Um, so like we don't just do big multi-site projects, big construction projects. Right. We really roll up our sleeves and say, okay, you know, you need to redo your kids area. We want to help you with that, right? Like we want it to yes. look awesome. And so we have a great team uh, of people here at Rise Point that would love to just come alongside your church in that season, uh, mm-hmm. serve well. Uh, it'll feel like mm-hmm. you have some extra staff members for a time, but that's because we're mm-hmm. shouldering the brunt of the of the project work for you. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd say, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. Reach out. We'd love to have that conversation. Love it. I know there's a lot of growing churches that listen in, a lot of executive pastor types that wonder about these issues and are thinking, hmm, I wonder what we should do on this front. It's like you have the questions, but and you have some, but you're not sure on the answers. If you're in that category, if you're like, hmm, these mm-hmm. areas seem full, we seem to be, you know, like you say, we launch a second service, launch a third service, man, things are tight. Uh, give Aaron and the team over there. I highly recommend them. They're uh, they're good friends and they'll definitely work with you. Uh, where do we want to send people online just as we wrap up today's conversation to track with uh, with Rise Point? Yeah, I mean, I'd say like our website is is by far the best place to do that. Um, Perfect. If you're ready to have a conversation, you can schedule a call right there. Um, either myself or one of our other uh, you know you know ministry minded leaders there will pick up and and we'll do that for you. So schedule a call. Um, you know, Perfect. let us know how we can help. Good stuff. Thanks so much, Aaron. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks, Rich. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.